Hi, friends. It's Kari again. It's good to be back with you. I'm back out here in the shed. This time I have, Jeff is not with me tonight, but I have another little special guest. She is my sweet, precious daughter, Heidi. She's 11 and a half and we have an evening together tonight. The boys are gone and we just got Justice down to bed. So we snuck out here to the shed, to the sound shed, uh, to share a few things with you so thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Christine last week. Um, we'll keep it a little bit shorter this week. and But I just wanted to follow up on what we talked about with her as we talked about dying to ourselves, the freedom that comes in that. And if you remember, Christine shared about a dream that she had where the the essence of the dream was that she was unprepared. And the way that God was leading her to be prepared to prepare herself wasn't necessarily any sort of physical preparation, but the preparation was in her heart. It was that she was learning to die to the things of this world. She was learning to die to herself and her flesh. And that was how God was preparing her for what was next. And um, so I just wanted to to chime in a little bit with uh, some more thoughts on being prepared, because that's a big part of this second mile journey for me as well. I've seen a lot of people mention, you know, <laughs> all of our five years ago, all of our answers to the question, where do you think you'll be in five years? Uh, they were all wrong. <laughs> none of us, none of us saw this coming. I don't think this 2020 adventure. I certainly did not. I was talking to Jeff yesterday and just saying, you know, remember in March, uh, I remember hearing, I don't remember, some government official, maybe it was the president, I don't know, saying, you know, Things probably aren't going to be back to normal until it could be July or August. And at the time, I remember being like, what? You know, how on earth could this go on that long? I mean, we're just going to have a couple weeks of lockdown and then things will be back to normal. And, and now, you know, I'm going, OK, July or August of of which year? <laughs> because uh, who knows? Who knows where this wild ride is taking us? So the 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 point of of all of this is that we can't prepare for a future that we don't know only god knows the future and only god is the one that can prepare us for it there's a great quote i don't have it written down i'm probably going to butcher it by 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 cory tenboom and she basically says that every situation every circumstance is the perfect preparation for a future that only god can see And I love that because it helps me go, okay, the situation that I'm in right now, God is sovereignly allowing me to walk through this in order to prepare me for a future that only he knows. And so if I ignore what he's doing in my life right now, if I don't submit to it, if I don't go his way, then I'm going to be ill prepared. I'm going to not be prepared for whatever he has for me in the future. So it is his grace. It is his kindness when he sovereignly allows us to go through things that will prepare us. Um, Over the past several years, I have had, during all of this second mile journey, I had several uh, very vivid and very disturbing dreams. I'm not a big dreamer, Um, I don't know a lot about interpreting dreams or anything, but these ones were pretty clear. Uh, The gist of each one of these was this overwhelming 
heart-sinking feeling of being unprepared. Um, similar, very similar to Christine's, actually. The first one was um, <laughs> so random. I'm like, okay. The first one was I was showing up late to a, a crowded auditorium. I was with Jeff in the car. We show up late to a crowded auditorium to watch a ballet. And I remember being so stressed because we were late to the ballet. We needed to get there. And then we show up. And all of a sudden, I am backstage. And I realize that I am the lead ballerina. (laughs) I'm like, what? No one told me that I was the ballerina. And I had no script. I don't understand that exactly because in ballets, as you know, there are no words. But in this ballet, there were words. And I didn't know the script. I didn't have anything memorized. I hadn't practiced. And I was going to go on stage in a matter of moments. And I was terribly unprepared. It was a nightmare. I remember just trying to come up with some way that I could just bluff my way through this whole performance. And um, it was a horrible, horrible feeling. I was so grateful when I woke up and realized it was a dream. The second dream was really similar. We were, um, it was people from our church and we were preparing for some sort of a musical performance. And at the very last minute, my husband told me that I was to go first, and I had no idea. I had not practiced my music, and I felt completely unprepared. And again, I remember going, how come you never told me that I was going first? And it was awful. It was a nightmare. It was that feeling of being unprepared. It was a horrible feeling. Um, I got to experience this in a, in a teeny tiny little way that really brought it home for me as well. Uh, not this last year, but the year before, right after Justice was born. I don't know what why the timing lined up like that, but uh, I learned to play guitar. And it's something I've been wanting to do for quite a while. And finally, um, anyway, God opened the door to, to get a guitar to practice on. And so I YouTubed everything and tried to figure out what I was doing and picked up a few chords and started to play. And I loved it. I do love it. I still love it. And but there are if you if you play an instrument, if you specifically if you play guitar, you you know that there are certain chords that are very easy to play, okay? And there are others that in my estimation are impossible in terms of my fingers and my muscle strength and my ability and how far I can stretch out. You can't see me. I look ridiculous. I'm stretching out my fingers trying to demonstrate how far I cannot go from this fret to this fret. And I cannot do this bar chord. And there are many of them that I just can't do. So my solution to that was just pick songs that are uh, full of G's and D's and E minors. You know, if you play guitar, you know, those are pretty simple. So songs that are in the key of G, I'm like, I'm nailing these songs, okay? Because I could do a C too. So I'm like, I've got these songs. Now, uh, I could have worked on more difficult chords. I could have chosen to try out playing harder songs that were in different keys But it was way more fun to play the songs that are in the key of G because it sounded so good, right? It's fun. It's fun to play songs that you're good at. It feels good. It sounds good, you know, instead of the kids having to suffer through this horrible, uh, horrible demonstration of trying to to play whatever the, the other, the F sharp minor, whatever it is, uh, I just played the songs that were in G and that was fun. Well, 
A few months in, uh, wouldn't you know it, but the very first time that I had the opportunity to play guitar at church was that Christmas Eve. So we had a Christmas Eve service, and last minute, the day of, day of the church service, um, found out that I got to play, just back up, someone else was leading, got to play, and sent me the songs, and wouldn't you know it, the songs contained all of the chords that I couldn't play. Okay, so... (laughs) Uh, not surprisingly, they were not in the key of G. <laughs> they were not the chords that I could play. And I'll go ahead and just let you guess what I spent my entire Christmas Eve doing. Um, cause it's, the service was in the evening and yeah, I spent the whole day trying to learn all of those chords that I had avoided. And, you know, even at the service, there were chords that I just had to completely skip. So thankfully, I wasn't very important. You know, I was backup. Um, there were other musicians there to cover my weakness. And thankfully, it was dark. <laughs> it was a candlelit service. So it was dark enough to hide my embarrassed face. But it was humbling. It was a very humbling experience to think that, you know, I thought I was doing pretty well and that I could play guitar pretty well. And here I was and I hadn't learned some of these essential chords. And so when the day came and I was called upon, I didn't know how to play. I had only practiced the easy stuff. And so I found myself very unprepared. And, you know, that lesson I'm sure you can see applies widely because if I just practice the easy stuff, if I look through the songbook, God's songbook, if I look through scripture and I go, oh, oh yeah, that verse, yeah, I really like that one. And oh, yeah, I like that one. And oh, that one, that one lines up with my political views. And oh, that one lines up with my personality. And oh, this one lines up with um, the way my church believes. And so, yeah, I'm just going to play those chords and and share those chords and memorize those verses and live out those verses. Then someday I'm going to find myself woefully unprepared. Um, And I think, I I believe that this theme shows up in scripture as well. In fact, this is probably, in in my opinion, the most chilling passage in the entire Bible. Um, This passage is terrifying to me. And um, it's just a couple pages after the second mile, you know, second miles in Matthew 5. And here in Matthew 7, Jesus says, Matthew 7, 21 to 23, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, okay, so the day comes where we're called upon, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, again, this is a nightmare that is infinitely worse than not knowing certain guitar chords, right? This is is eternal importance. This is facing our Lord. This is facing God and going, "Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that you meant those things in Matthew 5, right? This means I can spend my whole life rocking the G chords and the D chords and the E minor chords or picking out those certain verses that I that I I love that line up with what I believe in and they're saying I prophesied, I cast out demons, I did mighty works. They did spectacular stuff. 
They did exhilarating stuff. They're saying, we got this stuff down, right? This is in our wheelhouse. But apparently there were some critical chords, some essential chords that they had left out. And I, you know, again, this is chilling to me. I can only imagine that horrible sinking feeling of standing before God and saying, oh, I was supposed to do that? Oh, oh, those chords mattered? So that loving your enemy stuff and that bless those who curse you stuff and that turn the other cheek stuff. But I spent my life doing these other things. I spent my life working for these causes and I spent my life doing this part of your scripture. Doesn't that count? And, and again, that verse is haunting. He says, depart from me. Now, I'm certainly not here to say salvation comes this way or that way, but this is a real passage in our Bibles that we have to wrestle with. Okay, I think this is talking about real people who currently believe that they are Christians but are missing out on the main point of Jesus's message. All right, loving those who mistreat us is front and center of everything Jesus says and does. Okay? In fact, the other, uh, in my opinion, again, the other candidate for scariest verse in the Bible um, is found in the same sermon, interestingly enough. I mean, I'm telling you, this Matthew 5 to 7 is just packed. Um, And this is where Jesus says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. Now, again, scary verse, interesting verse, and Jesus is giving us a very gracious heads up that this is the stuff that will one day matter more than you can imagine, right? If we're wondering, you're like, okay, you know, is everything in the Bible as important as everything else? How do we know what things are the most important? Well, we talked before about repeated commands, Um, There are certain passages in the scripture that say those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. want to really zoom into those things, right? When he says those things where you say, depart from me, I never knew you. I really want to zoom into those things. Jesus is saying, don't skip these chords. These are essential chords. When that day comes, it's going to matter. Whether we forgave is going to matter. This Loving our enemies and dying to self, like Christine was talking about last week, and forgiving those who hurt us takes supernatural power. And I think it's interesting that in the passage in Matthew 7, that people were specifically saying, you know, I prophesied and I cast out demons and I did all these mighty works. And and they're saying, if you think about those things, they're saying, I did all this spectacular stuff. I did all this supernatural stuff. And I would just ask you, you know, what comes to your mind when you think of supernatural? Okay. Now, again, I don't want to step on anyone's toes here, but often we think of uh, sensational sort of religious experiences. Okay. So exhilarating mountain high moments and powerful displays of a spiritual nature that produce dramatic feelings in large groups of people. Okay. And that's fine. Um, but in my observation, uh, it's easy to get swept up in religious experience, but it is nearly impossible to truly love your neighbor, love your enemy from the heart. 
Okay? In fact, I would say that some so-called spiritual experiences actually feed my flesh, interestingly enough, right? So my natural self, my flesh even, loves to be entertained, okay? So religious experiences that feed that, that are entertaining, um, aren't necessarily hard for my spirit. They they feed myself. They feed my flesh. Myself loves exhilarating experiences. Myself loves mountain high moments, okay? It's not hard for my flesh in the least to attend a Christian worship concert, for example, and enjoy the amazing talent of a famous musician, okay? Nothing wrong with that, but I must acknowledge that it does not take a supernatural work of God in my soul in order to do that thing. Chances are that's not an essential thing for my heart. It does, however, require a supernatural work of God in my soul to quietly go out of my way to serve and show kindness to, let's say, my husband if he has hurt me deeply. Okay, just texting with a friend last night about choosing to go the second mile when she felt deeply, deeply hurt um, by her husband and how God moved on her behalf and worked and it was beautiful and it's like so many opportunities. But that to me, just personally, again, I'm not, I'm not, I am not God, I am not the judge, but to me, that is the mark of the spirit. That is the mark of a supernatural work of God. It requires supernatural work of God to forgive a father who has abused you, right? It takes a supernatural work of God to forgive someone who owes you significantly. It takes a supernatural work of God to be willing to, and we'll get more into this later, go the second mile when you're in a place of oppression by a government or an official who's over you and to be willing to joyfully do even more than they require of you. Okay, that's very applicable to us right now. This place that we're going of actually loving our enemies and going the second mile requires supernatural power. So I just want you to chew on that a little bit for this next week. Think about those essential chords Chances are there are parts of scripture that you're just rocking. You know, you've got that D chord just down and you're playing it over and over and you sound like a rock star. Um, But maybe there are some other chords. Maybe there are some other verses that when you read them, you go, oh, no, 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 no. I can't do that one. I can't do that chord. That one is outside of my ability or that one's outside of my comfort zone. Um, I'm not very good at that one, so I'm not going to try that one where it might be that that's exactly the chord that God wants you to practice in order to be prepared for a future that only he can see, okay? And then also just think about what is it that's easy to do in our flesh that sort of seems religious, sort of seems uh, spectacular or supernatural or spiritual, but doesn't really require a supernatural work of God in our hearts, Okay, are we are we willing to go the second mile? Are we willing to forgive? Are we willing to turn the cheek? Are we willing to um, to, to to not demand our rights? Um, those are the things that require God's supernatural power. And again, that's applicable. You know, whether you're four years old, forty years old, ninety four years old, 
Um, No matter how old you are, if you're listening, we have opportunities to love our enemies and turn the cheek and be kind and patient and filled with the fruit of the Spirit every single day. So ask God for His power. He will shine it through us. He will show it through us. He will will give us the strength we need because these are the chords He wants us to play. Amen? Okay, we love you guys. I'm praying for you. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Hey there, friends. This is Jeff, Kari's husband, and I'm part of the podcast too, though more behind the scenes. I want to invite you to share this episode if you found this message really helpful with someone you know. Send them a text, send them an email, share it in a way that is more personal. And there's another way that you can help, and that is to subscribe or like or follow in the podcast app or site that you use. Go ahead and do that. And what that does is that helps other people find this podcast and be able to share it with more people as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.